Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious, and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title for the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Now, Lord and God are titles. They are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our Creator has chosen for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name, and a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits, and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud, he merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. 
in like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness of Sinai, exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. This school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved 
saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter. And that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class. Thank you, Dave. Good afternoon and evening to everyone. And may we all bow our hearts and minds unto our Heavenly Father, Yahweh. Yahweh, we are so appreciative of the fact that you have chosen us and manifested your love towards us, chosen us out of the world and given us a knowledge and an understanding of you, of you and your son, Yahshua. We are so grateful for this wonderful opportunity and this wonderful blessing that you have bestowed upon us. And we appreciate how that you have taken us out of the ignorance and the darkness that we were in. We didn't know anything about you, Yahweh, before, we, before you came down your own self and revealed yourself unto us. And we're so grateful that you have done that and given us stability and peace. And we are so grateful to know you and to serve you. And we ask that you keep us on the straight and narrow Keep us preaching the gospel of your son, Yahshua, the Messiah, unto the very end. And all these blessings we thank you for, and we pray in the name of our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, let us all say. Hallelujah. Good afternoon, class. Today I'll be reading Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by A.B. Trena of the Scripture Research Association in College Park, Maryland. Deuteronomy 11. Therefore, thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And know ye this day that I speak not with your children which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of Yahweh your Elohim, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm, and his miracles, and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh the king of Egypt and unto all his land. And what he did unto the army of Egypt and unto their horses and to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how Yahweh hath destroyed them unto this day. And what he did unto you in the wilderness until ye came unto this place. And what he did unto Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the sons of Reuben, how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their households and their tents and all the substance that was in their possession in the midst of all Israel. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of Yahweh, which he did. Therefore shall ye keep all the commandments, which I command you this day, that ye may be strong and go in and possess the land, whither ye go to possess it. 
and that ye may prolong your days in the land which Yahweh swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed a land that floweth with milk and honey. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence ye came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither ye go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. The land which Yahweh thy Elohim careth for, the eyes of Yahweh thy Elohim are always upon it from the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love Yahweh your Elohim and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that ye may gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. And I will give grass in thy fields for our cattle, that thou mayest eat and be satisfied. To heed, take heed to yourself that your heart be not deceived, and ye turn aside and serve idols and worship them. For then Yahweh's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven, that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, and ye perish quickly from off the good land which Yahweh giveth you. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when ye when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house, and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children, in the land which Yahweh swear unto your father to give them, as the days of heaven upon the earth. For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you, and do them, to love Yahweh thy Elohim, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him. Then Yahweh will drive out all these nations from before you, and ye shall dispossess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours, from the wilderness in Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the western sea shall your coast be. There shall no man be able to stand before you, for Yahweh your Elohim shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon the land, and ye shall tread upon as he hath said unto you. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse, a blessing if ye obey the commandments of Yahweh your Elohim, which I command you this day, and a curse if ye will not obey the commandments of Yahweh your Elohim, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day and go after other Elohims that ye have not known. And it shall come to pass when Yahweh thy Elohim hath brought thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Are they not on the other side of Jordan by the way where the sun goeth down in the land of the Canaanites, which dwell in the plain opposite Gilgal, beside the oaks of Moriah, Mora, 
For ye shall pass over Jordan and go in to possess the land which Yahweh your Elohim giveth you, and ye shall possess it and dwell therein. And ye shall then observe to do all the statutes and ordinances which I said before you this day. Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter. Thank you, Dr. Jerry Geller and Dr. Bruce Geller. And our scripture readers this afternoon will be, will be Dr. Kathy Hules and Dr. Daryl Hules from our Bradford PA class. We'll have a three-speaker format this afternoon, each speaker getting approximately 35 minutes. And our first speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Sharon Welch from our Syracuse class. Well, good evening and good afternoon, everyone. It's a pleasure to um, have something to say about uh, our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. And that's what we're here for, is to preach the gospel and to uh, bring to souls that may be out there that are seeking the truth. Uh, we try to prove what we're teaching down here in this school. And we know that this is a school. It is not a church, as the moderator said. And Dr. Kinley is always saying that on uh, tapes that I've been listening to. You know, he, he emphasizes that this is a school of school of higher learning because what we're learning about is the creator your creator the create the creator that created the heavens and the earth and all that dwell within and we see we know that because he has shown Moses, a divine vision and revelation. Mm -hmm. You can zoom into the uh, Moses chart here on the top here. That um, <clears throat> he showed Moses, see, in a in a vision, panoramic vision of Yahweh to Moses of Elohim, and then Elohim turned into this tabernacle pattern. That's what he showed Moses on top of this mount. And out of that body of Yahweh Elohim, see, everything came out of him and the creation. See, these are the, the days of creation up here in, um, in this uh, creation by the pattern. There you go. So we know that Elohim, see, he's the creator. Yahweh in his pure spirit states, he, 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 you, you can't comprehend him in that pure spirit state. And like the moderator says, that because man cannot perceive of Yahweh in his pure spirit state, he took on shape and form right within himself. That's Yahweh Elohim. And then Yahweh Elohim is the one that created um, the creation. And created you, created man. See that, and that was shown to Moses. See now, you go to Genesis one and one, and it says, "In the beginning, 
Yahweh Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Well, how did Adam, if that's Genesis, starting with Adam, how did Adam know about all of this? See, he didn't, Adam did not have a divine vision and revelation of the creation coming in. But see, if you go to, to Genesis, um, you'll see that Genesis was written by Moses. That's right. Now, how, how is that happening if Moses didn't come into the picture until some, uh, was it? 1490 no i don't i'm not sure how, how long it was but moses wasn't around when adam and um uh abraham and um all of those others that are in the law or in the book of genesis but that's why it says that the, the book of Genesis was written by Moses because he wrote about all of this. Yahweh had to slow himself down, see, uh, so that he can show Moses how the creation came in. Um, let's get um, let's get let's get that in Genesis uh, six sixteen. Verse 16, I think, where um, it says you should insert Genesis. You know oh, what I'm talking about, Kath? Yeah. That's Exodus. That's Yeah, Exodus. Exodus 33 or 4. 24-16. 24-16. Oh, 24-16. Thank you. I knew it was verse 16. <laughs> so Exodus 24, 16. Right. And the glory of Yahweh, a boat, uh, I'll start at 15. Yes, and Moses please. went up into the mount. There and you a go. cloud covered the mount. And the glory of Yahweh, a boat upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And so the, the Cloud covered it six days. Colon. Colon. And then, then what does it say? And the seventh day he called Moses unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Okay, so the cloud covered it six days. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> the breakdown of that, you know, is Genesis one and one, where it's it describes the uh, days of creation coming in. So <clears throat> that's how Moses wrote of that. Now we go back and we see that, uh, that pattern that Moses was shown in the Mount. Can we get that in uh, Exodus? Mm -hmm. Exodus 25, 8 and 9. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Excuse me, Kath. Now, this is Yahweh, right? Right. Telling Moses, let them make me a sanctuary. Yahweh Elohim needs a, he wants to have a, a place to dwell within, right? Let right. them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell, dwell within. Go ahead. Among them. 
according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it in verse 40. And look that thou make them after their pattern, which was showed thee in the mount. So there you go. There's a witness right there that tells you what happened. See, in the mount, Yahweh Elohim showed Moses this pattern and all the instruments thereof, so shall ye make it. So, so he comes down and um, let's get uh, where he puts the spirit of uh, Oliab. Exodus 31, 1 through 3. Yes, please. <clears throat> and Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called thee called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of Elohim in wisdom mm -hmm. and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. So, Keep going. Yes. To devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass. And in cutting of stones to set them in carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship. And behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, in the hearts of all them that are wise hearted. I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded. Commanded. So he, he, see, he didn't leave it up to man no. to um, do something that he needed to have done in such perfection. He put his spirit, Yahweh Elohim, the Holy Spirit in those, those men so that they knew how to construct um, all of these vessels that are in this tabernacle. Now, why did he do that? It's because if you listen to the moderation, it says, that everything in the universe goes according to the, this pattern, that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. So if everything is going by the pattern, you best believe that that pattern has to be per perfection. It can't have mm -hmm. anything wrong with it. And that tabernacle pattern consists of, like the moderator says, if you can... Um, Zoom into that. So I'm going to work with that a little bit, uh, Greg, please. Uh, it consists of a holy place, a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. See, all of these vessels were made of gold. The uh, tabernacle see, was made of gold. They were made of brass, and that's what Yahweh, Elohim, put within those men so that they are uh, crafty to, to work with those um, items. As, so this pattern is Yahweh's pattern. Uh, zoom out again, please, because it says up here on this chart that Elohim, go up there, Elohim, the archetype original pattern of the universe. Mm -hmm. 
So if Yahweh Elohim is the original pattern of the universe, then you best believe that this is going to be perfect and that this mm-hmm. is going to show forth Yahweh and how that he is real. He That's is right. working right within us right now. See, because we have this pattern, we have the principles in this tabernacle pattern that we can use to prove that Yahweh is real. And that's what it really comes down to, is to, to show you our first aim, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he truly is and actually exists. So how are you going to do that? Well, you do that by the pattern. (laughs) If everything goes by the pattern and you've got the witnesses, see, in this tabernacle pattern, Mm -hmm. see, let's work with the court roundabout is a death, burial, and resurrection, right? The death of the sacrifice on the uh, altar of sacrifice, the burial and the labor. They had to bury the, um, the, the animal in there and the priest washed in that tavern, in that labor and then you have the holy anointing oil which is um, the spirit so you have or resurrection so you have death burial and resurrection right within the court roundabout now that's just one part one third of this tabernacle pattern that uh, you have three parts and we're just going to work with the court roundabout because that is showing forth Yahweh's purpose. I'm sorry, I get very dry. So let's see how this works. How does this death, burial, and resurrection work? Well, the scripture here that we have read tonight is foretelling uh, what happened with the children of Israel. And how that uh, Yahweh, see, took them out of the land of Egypt, which Egypt is considered to be death. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were in bondage. They, you know, there was just just death to the children of Israel. See, Pharaoh, he had he had it all going for him. But the children of Israel were in a state of death or a state of bondage. So there's your death. See, and the burial, uh, they went through that Red Sea and buried in that Red Sea, and then they resurrected into the wilderness of Sinai. So that's what your scripture uh, here tonight is talking about and how that <clears throat> Yahweh's telling them, don't, don't forget this. Don't forget what I did for you. See, mm-hmm. that I took you out of that bondage. Now, we can say that tonight. We can say that Yahweh, see, took us out of that bondage that we were in uh, as far as the world is concerned, because we had not had any idea on how Yahweh is real. We all wanted to believe there was a God, but, you know, we just didn't have any proof that there was. Uh, And and most um, testimonies of people in class will testify that <clears throat> that they were seeking the truth or they wanted to know and and have 
Jesus or God or however we called him, you know, to show us how he is real. Give us a sign, we always say, you know. I remember being feeling that way at one point when we were down and out, you know. But now we know he has, we were in darkness. We were in a death-like state. We were carnal-minded, and carnal mind is death to Yahweh. So we were in that death. See, and what's the burial? Well, the burial is him immersing us in that gospel that we're we're talking about. And we're going to get 1 Corinthians 15. We have to. um, That death, burial, and resurrection is that gospel. And we come into this class. And we are just immersed in this just fantastic uh, information that Yahweh has revealed to his sons. And, you know, we, we're just inundated in it. We can't, once we hear it, we can't, we can't not hear it. We, we want to hear more, more and more. And that's why we all keep coming back to class because we just want to hear, we want to be immersed um, in that gospel. And then once that gospel, uh, the Holy Spirit is put within you, see, that's that resurrection. And we all know how that feels because once Yahweh reveals something to you about his purpose, then that is the Holy Spirit that's allowing you to see that. And that that Holy Spirit has to be within you. So let me go back and <clears throat> see that death, burial, and resurrection. And I said also, I already said that that's the gospel. So let's get 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. I know we've heard this over and over again, but you know what? Repetition is the best medicine (laughs) first corinthians 15 and 1 moreover brethren i declare unto you the gospel which i preached unto you which also ye have received and wherein ye stand Mm -hmm. by which also ye are saved and if you keep in memory what i preached unto you unless ye have believed in vain Mm -hmm. For, for i delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that the Messiah died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. So that's good. Thank you, Daryl, Dr. Hughes. Um, So, you know, we knew that Jesus died on the cross, and I was taught that it was for our sins. And it always confused me. And I always had a question way back when is how did he die for my sin when I wasn't even around? You know, <laughs> how, how did that work? I wasn't around when he was around. So how does he know what sin I I made, you know what I mean? It was confusing to me, but now I realize, see, that he died for the sins according to the scripture. So it's back here, that first sin back in the in the uh 
Garden of Eden with Adam's sin. And, you know, that's why the Catholics and others get baptized, because they think that they have to wash away that sin that Adam and Eve committed in the garden. Well, I thought Yahshua or Jesus took away your sin. So, you know, it was just so confusing to me. And it's so easy to see how that that sin that was created in the in the Garden of Eden, which you can see that death, that burial, see that resurrection um, <clears throat> with us because he's, you, you know, we're dead in, in uh, Adam's sin and then we're buried into this old covenant, which she's talking about in the scripture, but we have that resurrection with Yahshua pouring out his Holy Spirit after the old covenant is, is uh, uh, finished. So here's that death according to the scriptures. The scriptures are the law and the prophets. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Yahshua died according to the scriptures. Who who teaches that? Nobody that I know of, except for you know the, the, the sons of Yahweh, haven't heard anybody teach that. Yeah, you can hear that 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 Jesus died on the cross and that he was buried and that he resurrected resurrected, but not according to the scriptures. That's the key, because why? Just like the tabernacle pattern is a witness that law and the prophets or the scriptures are his witnesses to witness to him. Why? So that you will understand and without a doubt know that he is your savior and that no one else other than Yahshua the Messiah is your savior. That's right. There's been a lot of talk about Dr. Kinley. Now, I heard him the other, I forgot which number it was, in the SoundCloud, he said, listen, my name isn't in that book talking mm -hmm. about the Bible. You know, and he's always saying, you know, oh, are you saved by Paul? Are you saved by Peter? Are you saved by Noah, Moses? Are you saved by me? And, you know, because he's trying to bring the point that it's only his only begotten son. Only. That means only one. Only begotten son is Yahshua the Messiah. And we know that because why? Because we have these witnesses through the law and the prophets. See, the right. death, the death of of Noah, see, with all the people uh, dying, see, and what happens to the ark, it's resurrected, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they're buried here in that, in that uh, uh, waters. They all died. But no, Noah, see, being a type of Yahshua, the Savior, see, because he preached the gospel or he preached that it's going to rain. And that was the only gospel that he knew back then. Right? 
That was mm-hmm. his gospel. That was Joshua's gospel back here with Noah saying right. that it's going to rain. That's all he had to say. It's going to rain. Get in the ark. Get in Joshua. That's mm-hmm. ark is like Joshua. Get in Joshua. See, and, and that ark, just like Joshua, resurrects. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. And then up here in the in the most holy place, you see that rainbow. See, and that look at them; they're all happy. They're yeah. in la- they're on land. They were saved. You're saved in the ark. You're saved in Yahshua the Messiah. The death, the burial, the resurrection. See, that's his witnesses. That's that's shown forth that Yahshua is who he says that he he is. You got, oh my God, Ab- or Abraham and Isaac. Come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Abraham waited forever to have a son. And he finally gets one. And then Yahweh says, okay, now you got to sacrifice him. I'm like, what? what? What do you mean? You know, and sometimes, <laughs> you know, we pray for something. And we get it. And then we wish that we never had it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you got to watch what you pray for, as Dr. Kinley said. Now, you know, he was just ready to sacrifice his son. And you know that Abraham was in a death-like state because once Yahweh told him to to sacrifice his son, Abraham was righteous in, in his belief. And he was he's dead and buried right within Abraham's mind. Now, listen to this. If we can pull out a little bit and show Yahshua, because Yahshua was buried in what? What's the name of the of the tomb that he was? Golgotha. Uh, Golgotha. What does that mean? Place of the skull. Place of the skull. Yahshua was buried in place of the skull. Why? Because he's fulfilling Abraham, where Mm -hmm. Isaac was dead and buried right within Abraham's mind or in his skull. So Yahshua resurrects, right? Well, as soon as he's ready to sacrifice Isaac, the angel of Yahweh stayed his hand. See, and sometimes, you know, the, 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 the Holy Spirit will stay our hands on doing something or saying something or, you know, trying to uh, uh, listen to erroneous doctrine. It, it just stays your hand because he's in control. So there's that resurrection, see, with, with Isaac, because he said, Let's get that because I want to show how um who Yahweh uh should be right on the chart. Genesis there. 22, do you want? Yes. Genesis 22, 1. And it came to pass after these things that Elohim did test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here, here I am. Okay, Kath, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I just want to go down to where he um, provided the, 
for okay. a sacrifice. Yeah, because okay. I'm going to get down soon. Um, 10. And Abraham stretched forth his, this is Genesis 22, 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of Yahweh called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. Right. Neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou hast, that thou fearest Elohim, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Right, right. So, so then what happens? He provided and 13 and abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns <laughs> and abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of and, his son right so what is this ram okay thank you five minutes so what the ram is uh the lamb of yahweh where it says here on the cross, see, and uh, caught in the thickets by his horns. Didn't he, didn't he have a crown of thorns on his head? Mm -hmm. See, and that's the sacrifice. Yash was the only sacrifice for our souls. So that is a, is a witness here in the law, that that is a witness that Yahshua is our savior. Now, let me just uh, talk about uh, uh, the prophets with Jonah, because Jonah <clears throat> was uh, supposed to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel. So there's the gospel again, the death, what's the, you know, the death, burial and resurrection or preach the gospel of Yahshua, um, you know, coming and the law to teach the law. See, so uh, Jonah didn't want to go. And he got on a, a ship and was going the wrong way, and there was a storm. Well, make a long story short, he was thrown overboard. He was uh, in the belly of a great fish, right? Yep. And that's that death. And then there, there's burial. And what did? And when he? And then he was the the big fish because that's all it says we don't know exactly what it was but it's a right. big fish <laughs> he uh, spewed out uh, uh jonah um on the shores so that he towards nineveh see it wasn't on the shores of nineveh I, I looked that up once it's on the shores towards nineveh but when he got out he had a reed of uh um seaweed around his head mm -hmm. so that's another witness right there. See, and then Jonah, he had a change of heart. <laughs> yeah, he goes, I'm going to Nineveh. I, mm -hmm. You know, see, we think that we don't want to come to class and we think we're not going to preach the gospel. And, you know, we have no control over the Holy Spirit in you. And I just want to bring out something and it's not, political and it's not you know either or but when they um took away the woman's choice mm -hmm. see they overturned uh roe roe and i can't think of the other wade roe versus wade road versus wade 
They overturned it. So what they did was they took away the third choice. And now that's all you hear on the news is that we want our choice back, you know, and one way or another, it doesn't, you know, I'm not, I'm just looking at a principle. Okay. Not the manifestation. Um, but Yahweh uses this creation to show us that he is real. He is still operating his purpose down at, at uh, October 15, 2022. And he's mm -hmm. going to tomorrow, too. His purpose is still going on. And it will until the end of this physical creation. And everything that happens is just his witnesses and just showing forth that Yahweh is real. That's right. And he is real in you. And that's what he's talking about in the scripture here. He's saying, you know, don't you remember all that I did for you? You know, and I always sit back and say, I have to remember all that Yahshua did for me. And what he constantly does for me, not just physically, spiritually. See, because you, we all know our bodies are just going to hell in a, in a handbasket. We're mm -hmm. just done. But spiritually, oh, thank you, Yahshua. Right. I praise him daily for what he has shown me and what he allows me to endure to the end. So I hope that you got something out of that. All praises to Yashua. I yield back to the moderator. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Welch. And our next speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Kathy Hewells from our Bradford PA class. And while Kathy's on the floor, Daryl, I'll help you read. Good evening. It's always an honor and a privilege to have anything to say about our great creator and savior, Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. Um, we, we moved this week and we watched a lot of uh, YouTube and I've noticed for the last past month, we've talked a lot about trials on YouTube in different classes. And I was thinking, God, this is suffering. I, this is a hard thing to do with moving a hole inside of your house somewhere. And I thought, wow, we, this is like a trial and trials are good for you because they help strengthen you so that you can do better the next time. And they also reveal what's there and what's not there. But I was just thinking about moving. It, it was a tribulation. It was a trial. And I cut myself all up, but my, I didn't break any bones. But I thought, you know, the flesh is weak. It'll tear under a trial. But the bones, they get stronger. The bones need that pressure to make them strong, but the flesh can't handle it. And that's why Yahweh is trying his sons, because we have the Holy Spirit in us to be able to handle that trial and show us what he wants us to see about the spirit within us. 
But trials were not what I wanted to get into, but I, I just thought that was a neat point about how that, like when you're, you're undergoing harsh treatment, like moving beds and all that, you know, it's easy so much to tear the flesh. The flesh is really weak, but the bones which correlate to the soul, that is strengthened by the trials. And that, that's what I got from moving. I was thankful that, you know, Yashua brought us through that trial because it was one. What has been on my mind a lot, um, and I, I don't want to take anything away from what Sharon said. That was beautiful. I mean, she preached the gospel and covered the scripture reading. It was really nice. Um, in Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, the scripture reading, um, I want where it says, verse 21. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Where did I put that? You did me I can't find it. Okay, it's verse, it's verse 18. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. I'll read it. Therefore, shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be frontlets between your eyes. The principle here is Yahweh's telling the children of Israel after he spoke his righteous law to them. He says, lay up my words in your heart and in your soul. Why would they have to do that? Well, this is what I've been thinking about. Here's the train of thought. Yahweh discerns the heart. He discerns the inner man. And when you come down to class and you learn, can I have the Moses chart, please? And you learn how that Yahweh, Yahweh came from pure spirit an unknowable, inscrutable state, which are these divine attributes of intelligence, wisdom, and knowledge, beauty, love, justice, foundation, power, and strength. These attributes assembled into a spirit shape and form known as Yahweh Elohim, the word or son. And he's called the word because he's expressing what Yahweh's purpose is. That's all Yahshua is doing. Yahweh Elohim is Yahshua. And what he is doing is he's carrying out Yahweh's purpose, which expresses Yahweh's righteous, holy, peaceful nature. That's why when we get the Holy Spirit, we end up in the kingdom. What's the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy in Yahshua the Messiah, Romans 14, 17. But what I, I want to just get first is Hebrews 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of Yahweh is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I have to mute every time he reads or otherwise we'll echo. Um, 
say, um, read that again, Daryl. For the word of Yahweh is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of Yahweh is Yahweh Elohim or Yahshua, and he's quick. That's why when he manifests in the flesh and goes through his death, burial, and resurrection, according to the scriptures, the law and the prophets or the Old Testament, by that pattern, Yahshua the Messiah, he's the one that manifests in the flesh and carries out our salvation by dying for our sins. That's the gospel. And he's the word of Yahweh made flesh in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh. And it goes on to say he created everything. And then in John 1, 14, the word was made flesh. That same Holy Spirit in Yahshua is Yahweh Elohim, is Yahweh. But Yahweh took on shape and form as Elohim because you can't know him in that pure spirit state. But you can know Elohim, like Sharon said, by the divine pattern that he revealed in a vision to Moses, by the law and the prophets in Isaiah 8 and 20, it says, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Okay, so going law prophets of fulfillment by that pattern, see Yahshua as the true Elohim. Sharon was saying, yeah, when we were in Christianity, we knew Jesus died for our sins, but we really didn't understand it. But that was not just a, a man. That was God in a body. And his purpose predicted or predestined that he be the sacrifice for all of us. And I like what she brought out about what does that have to do with me today? How He died 2,000 years ago. How does that affect me? Well, what he did 2,000 years ago does affect you because it's his purpose. And he came to die to take away the sins of the world. Just like in the tabernacle, the sacrifice was offered to take away the sin. And on the day of atonement, the sacrifice was offered to take away the sin of all of Israel. Okay. And I, I, want, um, I want to just talk about discernment. Discernment is to be able to know one thing from another. To know right from wrong is really what I want to talk about, discernment. And that Yahweh looks at your soul or the spirit. He doesn't look at the flesh. He looks within. And if you look at the tabernacle, the court roundabout of the tabernacle is the vessels in there are brass and it has a linen curtain around the yard and it has a brass laver and that's where the priest is anointed. But wow. If you could see what's in the holy place and most holy place, you'd think the court roundabout was job liver. The holy place and most holy place really correlate. Well, let me say this first. Man is spirit, soul, and body. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And Dr. Kinley taught this a lot. Man is spirit, soul, and body, just like Yahweh's spirit, soul, and body when he manifests in the flesh.
But if you look at the tabernacle, the beauty and the glory is on the inside, which correlates to your inner man. And that's where atonement was made by the high priest once a year to atone for his real sin. And our Yahshua dying atoned for our sins, even though it's 2,000 years later. If he does the deed, like when he said, the end of all flesh has come before me, Noah. In Yahweh's mind, it was done. It didn't happen until 120 years later. But I wanted you to see the tabernacle. The outward is not as important as what's within it. Your soul is important to Yahweh. In fact, Dr. Kinley said in the, I think it's the fourth volume of the Elohim book, your soul is the most precious thing that you have. That's what Yahweh looks at. Now I'm just going to go back in the law and in the prophets real quick and show you in Genesis 6, 6, 5, and 6. Genesis 6 and 5. Mm -hmm. and, and Yahweh Elohim saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. See, Yahweh, he didn't say to Noah, you know what? I don't like the, the girls wearing these short skirts. The guys have long hair. They're into rock and roll. They're doing this. They're doing that. That's not what he said. He said he saw that the wickedness of man was gray in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's what Yahweh judged the earth by, what was in their heart, okay? He's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, if you could go to Exodus, the 32nd chapter, I believe it is. Start at one. Um, hang on one second. One second. Um, I want where the children of Israel, Moses throws the stones down. Verse 17. The Exodus 32, 17. The children of Israel are down building the golden calf. And Moses, Joshua, Moses and Joshua are up the mount. And Joshua is giving, Yahshua is giving Moses a vision. Yes, the creator was back here before. Come on back to class. We'll talk about it. And we'll explain to you how the creator's been here more than once. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. Genesis uh, 32 and 17. Yeah. And when Yahshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. And he said, it is not the voice of them that, that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing, do I hear? It's a party. Moses is thinking, hey, it's a party. And Joshua says, no, it's war. What were they doing? Commit 
They were committing idolatry, just like you, Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter said, don't do that. Remember all the great things I've done for you. Don't go and worship idols. See, but Joshua discerned that sound and he knew it was from idolatry. Moses thought they were singing because they were just having a party. No. Nope. He's discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart again. Okay. Now let's go to Jeremiah 17. There's, a, there's so many verses. I'm just giving you the bare bones of it. Um, let me see. Nine. Jeremiah 17, nine. The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? How do you know it? Go ahead. I, Yahweh, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. See, I, Yahweh, try the hearts. He's looking at the heart. He's looking at your soul, folks, to, to judge you. Okay, let's get First uh, Samuel 16, 1 to 7. First Samuel 16 and 1. And Yahweh said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Okay, and we know that's going to be Jesse's son, David. Skip down to verse 6 and 7. Verse 6. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked for Eliab and said, Surely Yahweh anointed is before him. For Yahweh said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. Don't look at the flesh. Because I have refused him. For Yahweh seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but Yahweh looketh on the heart. See that? Now that's simple. In Isaiah 55, verse 9, Yahweh Elohim speaks through Isaiah and he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahweh. Yahweh, our Elohim, is the only divine one in this whole universe. He's the only divine nature. He's the only righteous being there is, like Sharon said, the only begotten son. See, and in John uh, 3.16, Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him will never perish but have eternal life. See. He's the only righteous one in his whole creation. And he knows every single cre one of his creatures' hearts. He knows every single one. Can I have Ezekiel 18, 4? Ezekiel 18 and 4. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the father, so also the soul of the son is mine. The All so souls are the creators. You don't think he knows 
his souls? Don't you think he knows the difference between the flesh and the spirit? He's looking at your soul, and that's what he's judging you by. Okay? Now let's go to uh, Matthew, the ninth chapter. I believe it is. Four. Matthew. Nine. And then the other one. And wait just one minute, will you? Matthew 9, 4, and Matthew 23, 23 through 27, Daryl. Okay, Matthew 9, 4. And Yahshua, knowing their thoughts, Oops. said. He knew their thoughts. He's looking past the flesh. And in Psalm 139, uh, start at 1, David talks about Yahweh knows everything about me. My ups rising, my down sitting. My thoughts of our uh, he knows everything about us. Okay, go ahead. And Yahshua, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? See, in your hearts, he was reading their hearts. Look in Ezekiel when you read about the devil. I should get that. We'll get Matthew 23 first in the fulfillment, too. Go ahead, Daryl. Matthew 23 and 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Mm -hmm. Ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Now, look, look, I, I just want you to look at this. He's talking about what they haven't done. That you, you've forsaken the, the weightier matters like law of the law, like judgment, mercy, faith. These ought you to have done and to leave the other undone. One's the flesh and one's dealing with the spirit. He's reading their hearts, folks. Skip down to 27 and 28. 27, 27 and 28. 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchre. He's Hepic reading their souls, folks. He's telling them right what's within them. He's looking right past their flesh and calling them for what they are, the satanic spirits they are. Go ahead which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Keep going. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. See that? You appear righteous outwardly, but within you're full of, just full of wickedness. See? Let's go to, while we're in Matthew, before I get Ezekiel there, let's go to, um, nah, I guess I'll get Ezekiel first. Ezekiel 28, I think it's right around six, if I had to call it. Ezekiel 28 and six. This is Yahweh Elohim talking to Satan. You can start at one and two and then skip down to six. Ezekiel 28 and 1. The word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, 
Thus saith Yahweh Elohim, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am an Elohim, I sit in the seed of Elohim, in the midst of the seas. Yet thou Look, Yahweh's looking at his heart. He's telling him, your heart is puffed up. Because Yahweh knows the hearts and minds of all his creatures. All souls are his. See? All souls are his. Keep going. Yet thou art a man and not Yahweh. Oh, thou okay. Okay, that's it. Um, okay. I want... Um... um I want the um, first John four. Start at one. Yeah. First John four and one. Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of Yahweh. That's discern. Discern the spirits. See? Yahweh wants us to discern. Discern the spirit. Every spirit that confesses every person with the spirit, with one or the other mystery in them, you either have the Holy Spirit or you have the unholy spirit ruling your consciousness and your soul. He says, try the spirit. Every spirit that confesses not that Yahshua is come in the flesh is not of Yahweh. And this is the spirit of the anti-Messiah, whereof you have heard that it should come and even now is already in the world. See? Yahweh's telling you, try the spirits or discern what's in people. Discern. Okay, there was another one I wanted. Oh, Psalms. Psalm 51. And I'm also going to need 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Just trying to take my time. Psalms 51 and 1. Psalm 51. Pick it up at... Um, Psalm 51 and 6. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. See, he's going to cleanse us from our secret faults. He, he knows what's in our hearts, and he tries us to teach us and reveal to us what's inside of us so that we become confident that we are a son of Yah, Yahweh Elohim or Yahshua. We are a part of the body of Yahshua. It says, behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Well, that's you and me. He wants us to be true and honest in our soul. And if I'm not mistaken, I've been told this by a lot of my elders, that Dr. Kinley said, if you could be honest with yourself, Yahweh, and your brethren or your fellow man, then you'd be okay. Something like that. You got to be honest with yourself. Well, that's what David is saying that Yahweh likes. He likes you to be honest inside your own 
consciousness. You know, when things come up in your mind, be honest. Yes, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Or no, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 11, um, 5. Second Corinthians 11 and 5. Maybe it's 13, 5. Uh, this one says, for I suppose I was not a wit behind the very chiefest. No, Second Corinthians 13, 5. I, I apologize. Second Corinthians 13 and 5. Mm -hmm. Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. It, know ye. Examine yourself. Discern what's in yourself. That's what I've been thinking about all week, you know, just working, 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 just looking down, keep working. But you can't help but think. So you look within and you you want to be pure for Yahshua in your soul. And things come up in our heads that are not pure. I mean, we can I have the heart chart, the brain chart, it's called heart. Two hearts. See, we came in here, like Sharon said, with a carnal mind. Dr. Kinley said, with a satanic spirit, a carnal mind in the flesh, you couldn't get out of that web to save your life. We're in Revelation 12, 9. It says that Satan deceived the whole world. And he's doing it through religion where people wouldn't expect it. But. They're not teaching the truth out there in Christianity or any other religion for that matter, because there is only one truth. Hey, you know, my name is Kathy Weakland. That was my maiden name. That's the truth. You can't disprove it. Is that it. what you want Excuse me? Okay. Um, yes, this is what I wanted. You have the left side correlates to the carnal mind or the carnal, the state of soul that we're in when we come to class. And in John 6, 44, it says, nobody can come to Yahshua, who we, we've got to go through Yahshua. He said, you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he, right? Well, Yahshua the Messiah, under the old covenant, we didn't have the Holy Spirit. We were carnal. And this is how we came into class, dead spiritually. In Romans 8, 6, it says to be carnally minded or just looking at the physical or to be carnally minded is death, spiritual death, not the kind of death that you're in a casket in the ground, but death in the way you think the way you feel, the way you behave, that's a death-like state to the creator because you're manifesting iniquity. See, you're carnal. So we come in with a carnal mind, that's death. And Sharon talked about Yahshua dying to take away our sins once for all and then giving us his Holy Spirit through the preaching of the gospel, that's the burial and baptizing us in his spirit. And the resurrection is you have a new heart. Let's get Ezekiel 36, 24 through 26. And Yahshua knows what's in your heart. Don't think he doesn't ever know what's in your heart. 
if it's your first class that you've come to tonight, know this, the creator knows your heart. He knows you and he wants you to know him. He loves you. He's provided a way for you to know him by a pattern, by running line upon line in the law, the prophets and the fulfillment. Can I have the elementary chart, please? It's five minutes, thank you. I want 2 Corinthians 10, four, and I want the elementary chart. Sharon showed you these principles of death, burial, and resurrection with Adam and Eve. Death, burial, resurrection with Noah and the family. They resurrected in the ark. Death, burial, resurrection. Isaac resurrected in Abraham's mind. Israel was raised from the dead by the blood of the lamb down there in Egypt. And the plagues poured out on Pharaoh. And Moses lifted his rod and they went through the Red Sea following Yahweh's cloud, which denotes spirit. And you have a death, burial, and resurrection into the wilderness where Yahweh spoke the law to them that he's talking about in the scripture reading. And in our pattern, you have death, burial, resurrection, and she got Jonah's death, burial, resurrection, and there's a whole bunch more. And if you look in the creation, see, it, sun goes down every night, death, buried below the horizon, and it resurrects every morning. That's a death, burial, resurrection. You take a seed, dead seed, you plant it in the ground, you bury it. And you res water it and give it life, light, and it resurrects a plant. In fact, it, it resurrects a different cre uh, item than what it was planted. It was planted a little seed and it resurrected a nice flower. See, and that shows that Yahshua didn't resurrect with the flesh on. Why would he do that? He's not concerned about the flesh. He's concerned about us seeing the spirit. That's what his purpose is, is to save our soul and spirit. And that's by giving us his Holy Spirit. We go through a death, a burial, and a resurrection. See? And the Bible and science is proving that to you. They are witnesses that the creator is real that he is in operation. Every time you see these principles, and there's a many, 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 many more principles in this pattern, but she worked death, burial, resurrection. See, what'd you say? Okay, death, burial, resurrection. I, and I don't, I don't have time to do that. I'm sorry. Get Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter, fourth verse. I wanted you to see this death, burial, resurrection all the way down through. And in the creation with the seasons, you have the fall when the leaves, the trees die and everything's buried in the snow or the monsoons and everything resurrects in the spring. The creation is teaching you. See, Yahweh provided in Romans 1, 19 and 20. It says that you can take the natural things to understand spiritual things. Well, all these 4,000 years of history, it's all in the natural. Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection flipped the purpose into the spirit. See? And now we're coming in down here at the end of this thing. And we've been brought to this great, wonderful teaching. Yahweh's real. And this teaching, this true gospel has proved it to us. And it has saved our soul.
just like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. And in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of salvation to them that believe. And we believe. And also, let me say this last thing. We do nothing. When we come to class, we have nothing to offer Yahweh Elohim or Yahshua. He's the one that's offering us an explanation of his entire purpose, pattern, and plan, and how it's all fulfilled in Yahshua, and how after his death, burial, resurrection, 50 days later, he poured out his Holy Spirit on the Jews, seven years later on the Gentiles. Now we're down at the end of this age, and now we've been given the Holy Spirit, and I don't have time to get Ezekiel, but he promised he'd give us a new heart and a new mind new spirit he promised he'd give us the holy spirit now i'm telling you from my experience look at your own soul yashua discerns the inside he doesn't see as man seeth he doesn't judge by the seeing of his eyes and the hearing of his ears he judges by the spirit we've got to look past the flesh and see what's going on in our soul. And don't be afraid to look. That's just something Yahshua wants to clean you from. See, don't be afraid. Like David said, you desire truth in the inner parts. He wants us to be honest with ourselves. How can you be honest with anybody else? See, and you can't be honest when you have a demonic spirit ruling you because he's a liar. His father's the devil and he's a liar and he's imbued us full of lies about God, like his name. They call God his name and they call Jesus the name of the Messiah and it should be Yahshua and Yahweh. See, when we see things, go ahead and read 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10, I'll start at 3. For though, we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Where's Yahshua's looking at the spirit so much, there's even a war going on in the spirit. And you, you all know, most of you might know, in Matthew 16, 25, Yahshua said, don't fear uh, him that can destroy your body, but worry about him that can destroy your whole spirit, soul, and body. See, in other words, your soul is important. And that's what Yash was looking at when he's looking at his body of believers. He's looking at our inner man. He's causing us to grow. He knows what we need. He's putting us through trials to, so he can reveal more of his nature through us. But here's the biggest point I want you to take away. Read. Uh, Verse 4, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through Yahweh to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds of your mind. It's not talking about your body, somebody pinning you down like wrestling. Something bothering you on your mind. And if you didn't have the Holy Spirit, it wouldn't bother you. Go ahead. Five, casting down. No, four, four again. Four, okay, again. four again. 
for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal. They're spiritual. The flesh is not what we're looking at. We're looking at the spirit, just like the creator does, because we have his Holy Spirit in us. Now we can discern. And did you know in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 10, the discerning is a gift. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. Okay, read verse five now. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth, ex exalteth itself against the knowledge of Yahweh and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of the Messiah. Look at that. Casting down imaginations, and you know they're vain. And every high thing. See, you start to puff up. Take a look at yourself. Just take a look at yourself. Discern your own soul. You have the ability with the Holy Spirit. You can know what's going on inside you. See, and he loves you. He wants you to know him and he wants you to be saved. And the only way you can be saved is to know Yahweh through Yahshua, through the preaching of the gospel. And that is really what's going to save your soul. And when you see things bad start, start coming up in your heart and mind, picture that heart chart again. You don't have to get it for me. But around that fresh red heart, there's serpents trying to get in. Whereas under the old covenant, that carnal heart, we had serpents in us, see, causing us to act wrong and wicked. So under the new covenant, We've been given the Holy Spirit, and now we can discern spiritual things. And I'm going to close it out with um, Colossians 1, 26 and 27. Even the mystery that's been hidden from ages and from generations that is now made known unto his sons, which is Yahshua in you, your only hope of glory. I paraphrase, paraphrase that, Colossians 1, 26 and 27. Yahshua in us is our only hope of glory to be able to examine ourselves and not be afraid to. We have a savior who loves us enough to die for us. So love him back and be diligent to search and discern your own soul and obey righteousness. It says casting down to the obedience of Yahshua. And it talked about obedience in Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter. The only way it all happens, we come into a knowledge and understanding, receive the Holy Spirit, are one with the creator. We have the gift of discernment. We can now police and discern our own souls. Now that we have that, we should be in righteousness, peace, and joy. We should not be sad. Be honest with things that come up and look to Yahshua to overcome it because that's why he's bringing it up. I hope you got something out of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Hules. And our third speaker this afternoon will be the dean of our Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe. Okay, first of all, uh, can everybody hear me okay? Yes. Okay, I want to make sure I got all my muting taken care of. Now, I just want to 
point out a few things that were in that scripture reading and try to get something across here in the few minutes that I have left. Uh, first of all, that scripture, the 11th chapter, Yahweh is admonishing Israel not to forget all the things that he did and all the things that he had told them, that he had said. And so, they're, don't forget, Deuteronomy is the, you know, they're at the point where they're about to make that Passover and cross over into the land of Canaan. Now, I want to show you why it's important not to lose sight of these things. So I want you to go over to, for a minute, 1 Corinthians, and I want you to get the 10th chapter. I want you to start around verse... Uh, hang on for one minute. Because we can't... Let's start at verse 9. First, First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9. Neither let us tempt the Messiah, as some of them also tempted or, and were destroyed of serpents. Now it talks about, uh, it talks about tempting Yahshua. Neither and that is... Now wait a minute, I'm not done yet, Daryl. That tempting is you disregarding and ignoring what you have been told and what you've been taught. And pretty much that's what Moses was warning them in that 11th chapter. Keep reading, 10. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now a murmur, ladies and gentlemen, they thought they were safe because they were inside their tents, they thought they were in private, and they could murmur, that is to say, complain. Now, we know that the people were complaining back there about the fact that all they were eating was manna, and they wanted meat to eat, so Yahweh said, okay, he gave them quail. And that quail was so abundant that as soon as the people began to eat it, Yahweh dropped every one of them. He just, they just were dropping, they were dying right there on the spot. Now, you don't want to be murmuring in your heart and mind against the things that Yahweh has got go, you going through now down here at the close of this age. Because everything that's happening, Yahweh's got it all under control, and you have to remember the things that you have heard since you've been coming down to these classes. Now keep reading. Now all these things happen to them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now here, he said they were written for our admonition. What you're reading back there in the book of Moses is an admonition. An admonition, ladies and gentlemen, is a warning. And in other words, Yahweh set up those examples back there under the law to show you why those people were disinherited. Now, if you remember correctly, when they came up into the land uh, or into the wilderness of Sinai, Yahweh sent spies over to spy out the land and bring back a report about the land over on the other side of Jordan. Now, when the spies came back, as you know, 10 of the spies said that there were giants and that we can't take that land and discouraged the people 
from them thinking they could go into the land that was promised to them. Joshua and Caleb told them that Yahweh will fight for you. And he said, and he told them that they had nothing to fear. And the people then said, stone them. They turned against Joshua and Caleb, or Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb. Now Yahweh dropped them in the wilderness because of their unbelief. As Paul says over in Hebrews there, they had an evil heart of unbelief. They didn't believe in the word that was delivered to them. That word was not, not nigh unto them in their hearts. Now that's why I want to go back over now to Deuteronomy here in our 11th chapter, our scripture reading. Let me get back there too with you. Now, here Yahweh warns them again in 11.1. Go ahead and read 11.1. We're going to cut down and we can't read everything in this chapter. Deuteronomy 11.1. Therefore thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim, and keep his charge, and his statutes, and his judgments, and his commandments always. Now here... Here, Yahweh has commanded them to love him. Yes. Now the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, that back then those people did not have the heart that was able to love Yahweh with all their soul and all their might, so to speak. So mm -hmm. Yahweh has to take care of that, and he has to show that there's a problem going on down inside their hearts. Now keep reading. And know this day, for I speak not with your children, which have not known, and which have not seen the chastisement of Yahweh your Elohim, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm, and his okay. miracles. All right, now listen. Listen, I want to cut down because I can't, we can't, we don't have the time to get into all of this. We already know he brought up about Dathan and Abram raising up against Moses, and how that the earth swallowed them up. Yes. All right. And then we I, I'm, I'm skimming down through the chapter here. All right. Go to six, uh, 10. Excuse me. Verse 10. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt. Now From he's telling them, out. he's trying to tell them, now remember, these people have never seen that land. They were in captivity down in the land of Egypt their entire lives. And the land that's over there is far more, uh, if you will, beautiful and, and has more to offer than anything they ever had when they were in Egypt. Now what we have to understand is this is all, an uh, it's an analogy, because Egypt represents the flesh. Mm -hmm. where Canaan's land is a representation of Yahshua the Messiah. He is the promised land that Canaan's land is typifying. That's now, right. what I want you to know is that we are going to be put in that land here at, on the day of Pentecost. That is to say, to dwell in Yahshua. But the land that we've always dealt in is the world, which is Egypt. So mm -hmm. Yahweh is reminding them that the land that he has promised them is not like the land down in Egypt. Read. Mm. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence you came out, where thou sowest thy seed and water it with thy foot as a, guard, as a garden of herbs. But the Read. land whither you go to possess 
is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. Now they came out of the desert, ladies and gentlemen. They're going into a land that is, is, is if you will, is flourishing with, with, with green and water and everything. So he's trying to show them the contrast between the two lands. Read. Uh, but uh, the land whither you go to possess is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven, a land which Yahweh thy Elohim careth for. The eyes of Yahweh thy Elohim are always upon it, from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command unto you this day, to love Yahweh thy Elohim and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, mm -hmm. then I will give you the rain of, of, of your, your land. land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. Now watch. He talks about giving them the rain. Is that right? Yes. That there's going to be a plentifulness of rain. Now hold your finger there. Daryl, go over to get Deuteronomy 32 and 1. Deuteronomy 32 and 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. Now Yahweh is correlating the rain to his doctrine. Keep reading, Daryl. My speech shall distill as the dew. And his speech shall distill as the dew. It's distillation is a purification. So Yahweh is using the rain as an analogy to you being given an understanding of the doctrine of Yahweh and to comprehend his speech, to be cleansed by it. So in other words, in the land of Canaan, what you're going to get is you're going to get a profound knowledge, understanding of your creator as he actually is and truthfully exists. And you're not going to get that down in the land of Egypt because that only exists within Yahshua the Messiah. And that land Canaan that we're talking about here, and as Dr. Kinley once said, he said that Abraham walked the length and the breadth of Canaan's land, but never once set foot in the promised land. And he drew a distinction between the physical land that Abraham was in and dwelling in the spirit of Yahshua, which did not happen until the day of Pentecost. Now what he's doing is he's foretelling what's going to happen under the new covenant when you are brought into your land. In other words, your land, just like the children of Israel came out of that land and came down and went into Egypt and were put into captivity only to be delivered to make a round trip and go back to where they originated from. They came from that land of Canaan. This is all an allegory. is because we were in Yahshua from the beginning and we were chosen in him. And we have been brought forth out of that state, put into this physical creation, and down here... We have no recollection, no knowledge of where we came from. And now, 
as you are making the, as you're being delivered by the preaching of the gospel, you're being brought out of this ignorance and darkness that is portrayed by the land of Egypt. You're being brought to the mountain of Yahweh, meaning the preaching of the gospel, and Yahweh speaking from uh, the top of the mountain. So when you come into this class, you're hearing the voice of your creator. When you come down here and these things are being taught, you're not hearing Dennis Volpe's uh, uh, voice. You're not hearing some person that you might think is a, a, a wonderful orator or speaker or your dean or anybody else. What you have to hear is the voice of your creator, or as Dr. Kinley said, you're going to have to hear a voice from heaven. Now that land of Canaan, that is the land that everything has been already prepared. And if you know, if you remember correctly, when the children of Israel go into the land of Canaan, they don't have to try to plant and 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 go through all of the work that it's going to take for them to 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 uh, raise, if you will, or grow fruit. It's already prepared for them, and all they have to do is pick that fruit right off of the vine. Now let's take a talk about what that represents. What Yahweh has done is he prepared all of the knowledge and understanding through the operation of his purpose for us to start becoming a partaker of the fruit of his labor. Now on the day of Pentecost, what we're doing right now, we are getting, as it were, uh, uh, the fruit that they brought back from the land of Canaan, the spies, that was a uh, uh, what's that term again? Um, it, it, when you put down a partial payment, uh, I can't remember what that term is. That earnest, when you go to earnest, an earnest. Thank you. That's what I'm after. It's an earnest of the spirit that you're receiving. You're getting to taste that fruit that's up there in the land of Canaan while you're here in the flesh, so that you can understand the goodness of what Yahweh has got in store for us. But what we don't want to lose sight of when we go through our trials and tribulations is that Yahweh has prepared something for us that is un, uh, it's unspeakable joy. It is a place of complete rest and peace, and there will be things revealed to us at the end of this age when we go into the new creation, the new heaven and earth state, with an immortal glorified body, we will receive revelations that are beyond our ability right now to even imagine what Yahweh is going to reveal to us. We are going to go on learning for ages yet to come. And you have to keep that grounded in your heart and mind because the devil is going to do the same thing with you as he did with them in the wilderness to try to get them to turn back from going to that promised land and go back into Egypt. And that's exactly what happened with the people. They, want, they cried to go back into Egypt where they were going to be able to go back to the onions and the leeks and the garlics and the things that they once knew. Because they felt that they were suffering out there. They didn't have meat to eat. They only had the manna that was given unto them. Then they have to worship a calf and say, this is who brought us out of here. Then later they tried to go back into Egypt. Listen, this is all the plan of the mystery of iniquity to turn you from your goal, and that is obtaining that immortal glorified body in the new heaven and new earth state. And that's what's waiting for you 
down here at the end of this age, and you cannot lose sight of that. You have to keep that in your heart and mind. Now, I want you to go down a little further in the chapter to what uh, Kathy called for that scripture, and I want to get to that because I want to key in on that. Uh, that's uh, verse uh, uh, 16, Nine. I think it is. Uh, 18. Okay. Um, and then Yahweh's wrath be kindled against you and be shut up. Uh, how about just 18? That's what I want, 18. Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Now here's what I want you to know. He, want, he told them to lay up his words in their heart and their soul. Here's the problem with that. They haven't got any way to lay those words up. Now, of course, what people thought that meant was they were going to have to recite scriptures over and over again and memorize scriptures. And that's what the Jews today think. They think that they, some of them wear these phylacteries where they have things written on them, just like you read in the law there, and think because they remember the, the actual words, that's the fulfillment of what Yahweh's intending here. And it's not. Because Yahweh's not interested in you being a Bible-quoting person and being able to quote scriptures. What he's after is that those words have an impact down inside your soul. Now, if you remember correctly, Yahshua told them in John, uh, over there, the 6th chapter, the 63rd verse, that the flesh profiteth nothing. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, in the wilderness, Yahweh told the people that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of Yahweh. So what we're really looking at is that Yahweh's talking about that those, not just the uh, memory of what he said, but the understanding of it is what has to make the penetration in your heart and mind. And you can't do that of yourself. You're going to need the Creator to step in on this one. Why is that? Now let's take these words. If you remember, Moses went up on top of Mount Sinai. And we always thought that those, those two tables of stone looked like two tombstones that he was carrying down out of the mountain. And Dr. Kinley said, no, it was heart-shaped. And what Yahweh did is he wrote his words in that heart. Now, you know what happened. Moses came down, saw them worshiping the calf, and he broke those stones. And Yahweh told Moses now to hew out new stones from down below and bring them back up, and he would write in them a second time. Now that that they that Moses hewed out, he was bringing up to them a heart to Yahweh that was from beneath. And that heart had to be taken up or elevated into that realm of eternity or that spiritual state that Moses was entered into on the top of Mount Sinai. And there Yahweh wrote his words in that heart, showing that your heart is going to be brought to Yahweh by spirit law, and that he's going to write his words right inside your inner man. That he will write these things in your heart. Now I want you to go to Jeremiah 31.31. 31. Jeremiah 31.31. 31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. After mm -hmm. those days, saith Yahweh. Oh, hang on. That's right. Keep reading. 
After those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts and will write them in their... Oh, I'm sorry. We'll write them and in their hearts. And write it in their, their hearts and will be their Elohim. And they now listen, Yahweh promised to write his words in their heart. Mm -hmm. You can't lay his words up the way that he wants them laid up. Memorizing them is not what he's after. He's after those words, you having a revelation or a genuine understanding of what he's talking about, what he's trying to convey to you by his words. And that comes by revelation, by, by the Holy Spirit, by the foolishness of preaching. Now here's what's going on when you come to class. When you come to class, you come in here with that old heart. Let's get the heart chart again. There you go. Now what we see, we see that that old heart consists of all those characteristics that every one of us uh, can find something in there that we're guilty of. Now the new heart, that heart is a result of the Holy Spirit writing his words in your heart. That is to say, the gospel being preached, those things being revealed to you so that they take root in your inner parts, in the depths of your soul, because you now understand those things. You now see those things, and those things then ground you so that the devil cannot turn you from what you've just had revealed to send you back into captivity of being ignorant and being in this mm -hmm. carnal creation, living for the things of the flesh. Now that's what the devil's going to try to do. He's going to try to get you to dedicate yourself to the pleasures of the flesh and to forget about all this stuff about there being a new creation, a new heaven, a new earth state, and you receiving an immortal glorified. He don't want you concentrating on that. He wants you to think about making more money, living in a nicer house, having a real nice car to drive, and all the other things that people live for. They call it in this country the American dream. Well, Yahweh's telling you, listen, I promised you something that you haven't seen it yet. You've had a the earnest of it given unto you, but you actually have not seen it. And if you have tasted the fruit and have seen anything, that lets you know that there's something real that exceeds what we have ever had in this life. And if there is that just a, a little earnest of it, imagine when you get the full uh, 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 inheritance. Just imagine that, what you're going to know then, how you will be, what kind of peace you will be in. And listen, if we, keep, if we lose sight of these things and we forget about the goal that every one of us have, and that is to, uh, it, is, it, listen, when Paul said, Forgetting the things that were, were back or past, I move forward towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Yahshua. Now, Paul was not talking about receiving the Holy Spirit, because when he said that, he already had the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He was talking about receiving perfection, that he was not yet perfect. That's what he says over there in the book of Philippians. But he was moving towards that perfection, meaning growing in grace, which is simply each revelation that he received made him more and more perfected in Yahshua the Messiah.
And that's what's happening with us. Dr. Kinley said, what I got instantaneously, you're going to get piecemeal. Every time you come to class and Yahshua gives you an understanding of the spiritual reality of something that's being said, you are now perfected more than what you were before you walked in the room. And it's a uh, it's an incremental process. You're not going to get it all at once. Now, what I want you to know is when the devil attacks you, you need to remember what Yahweh has given you, what he's shown you that is undeniable, that you mm -hmm. cannot throw it away and deny it because, and here's why you won't do that, because the spirit of truth will force you to recognize that those things that you have had revealed to you are the truth and, they, and, and to deny them would cause a state of condemnation. And you're not going to do that, ladies and gentlemen, with that spirit of truth in you. So when the devil is trying to chip away at you, he's trying to break you down, and he's trying to wear you out, you hang on to what you've learned in class. You sit back and, and, and remember what where you were before you came here and what you know and understand now that I hear everybody of late talking about we didn't know this and we didn't know that and we didn't know we didn't understand any parts of this and we think and everybody's thanking Yahshua for what they now understand. You use that to defeat the devil and it will work. Yes. He can't take away from you the acknowledgement of the truth once you have the spirit of truth in you and it'll hold you fast to wait for his deliverance of whatever crisis psychologically or physically you may go through. But you've got to hang on. You've got to hang on to what is deep down written in your soul, in your heart and mind, and you know within yourself that you love the truth, that it has an impact on you and has made you recognize that you're special. You're special to Yahweh. He's not given it to everyone. You have That's been right. given a gift, ladies and gentlemen, as, as, as Joshua tells about in the parable, the man that found a pearl out there in the, in, the, in the field or whatever, and it was a pearl of great price, and he gave, he sold everything so he could keep that pearl of great price. Don't lose sight of the value of what you've learned down here. And you know, they used to have... Uh, 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 a show one time where they had these guys going around the country, they might even still do it, where people brought old things that they had in the garage or in their attic put away to find out if they were something special. And people found out in some cases that they had something that was worth millions. Wow. That was very valuable and they didn't even know it. If you don't understand the value of what you're getting down here, then you'll be willing to sell it for a morsel of flesh. And that's what Esau did. He sold his birthright for a morsel, for a good meal. And Yahweh hated him for that. That's right. And you know that 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 you know that that uh, he seeked uh, a repentance carefully with tears and found no repentance. It was Jacob that received the inheritance instead of Esau. He sold his birthright. Don't you go selling your birthright. Don't you walk away from the truth and turn your back on this to serve the flesh because you will regret it throughout eternity when Yahshua appears in all of his glory and we're caught up with him and we receive that new immortal glorified body. You don't want to be one of the ones that's sitting down beneath seeing this given to certain 
souls and you had it right in the palm of your hand and you let it slip. That's why Yahshua said there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you don't want to go through that. You hang in here and hang tough and continue to come to class because the way those words are written in you is by the foolishness of preaching. As it says in Psalms, he said, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. That's right. And when the gospel is being preached by any of these ministers that get up here and they're taking you back into the scriptures, that is the Holy Spirit, through the foolishness of preaching, writing his words in your heart and your mind. He's laying those things up in you. And without him, we have no hope of being able to get through this. He, he, that's why uh, uh, Kathy closed out her lecture. She went over there to Colossians 126. And Dr. Kinley used to correct that because the way it reads in King James is that um, it says the hope of glory, you know, Yahshua in you. And Doc said, no, what it should say is the only hope of glory is Yahshua in you. Now, I want you to recognize that you hang on to that hope and you hang on to the words of eternal life and never lose sight of those things that have had an impact in you after you heard them and you know within yourself that it's from heaven because it, you've heard the voice of your creator and you know that he spoke to you and showed you those things. You keep that in you and you fight against that mystery of iniquity. Because he can't, listen, when the high priest went into the most holy place, there was a veil there, if you remember correctly. Do you mm -hmm. know that when the devil was cast out of the most holy place? You say, well, I didn't know he was up in the most holy place. Doc mm -hmm. talked about how he was the anointed cherub that covereth, and he was set up, and he used to show the example above uh, the two archangels, Michael and Gabriel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, what had happened was, what had happened was he was cast out. Once he was cast through that veil that separates the holy place and most holy place, he can never get back into that compartment again the devil can only go to the point of that sixth step that veil he can't get past the flesh ladies and gentlemen now don't you know that when Yahshua lifts you up in the spirit when you hear this gospel preach you go into eternity or into the most holy place and the devil can't get at you there that's why you feel like you have no cares that's why you feel like everything you're at peace because you're the devil is now behind you and he can't penetrate that realm but as one wise person said to us in class, now, you can't stay up there. Just like the high priest couldn't stay into the most holy place, there came a point where he had to turn around and come out of that, that, that compartment. He says, now, once you come down out of there and get past that veil on the downward trend, he says, your buddy is going to be sitting there waiting for you. The devil will be there waiting for you now because you're on a downward trek to try to work you over again and to try to cause you to deny Yahweh. But because you were up past that veil and you saw the flash of the Shekinah, or in other words, a revelation of something real, something spiritual, he hasn't got a prayer in defeating you. Because that's Yahshua now that has sealed you with the Holy Spirit of promise. I hope that made sense to you. I hope you got something. I'm sorry I had to rush it. Uh, I appreciate you take, uh, uh, taking the time to listen, and I appreciate everybody coming out tonight and studying with us in this class. And I want to say peace and yash to all the brethren. Let's continue to encourage one another unto good things. 
and hold each other's arms up. With that, I'll turn it back to the moderator. Peace in Yashua. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Volpe. We'd like to thank everybody who joined. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.